0: This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano here on 77 WABC. It's always a treat to be able to talk with Jeffrey Lichtman because not only is he one of the finest criminal defense attorneys I've ever seen in a courtroom, uh, once you are cross-examined by Jeffrey you know you're going to have a bad day. (laughs) So just, uh, you may as well just uh, think about throwing in the towel. But when you talk with him on the radio, or in real life for that matter, you just never know where the conversation is going to go. It could go towards sports. It could go towards crime. It could go towards politics. It could go towards the culture. It could go towards coffee. It could go towards sandwiches. Never has there been a man that has such an ability to comment on a a wide variety of subjects with such authority and never has there been a man that is seemingly so angry about so many subjects. You never know where he's coming from. And uh, it is always a treat to be able to chat with Jeffrey Lickman, who is now, by the way, the host of the new Beyond the Legal Limit podcast with Jeffrey Lickman. Jeff, congratulations on the new podcast. Thanks for coming on the radio with me.
1: Well, thanks for having me,
0: Frank. And that was a very accurate
1: description of me. You it, it probably... Should become my psychologist. <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm impressed,
0: uh, Jeff. So, uh, real quick, before we get into the news of the day, tell me about this uh, Beyond the Legal Limit uh, podcast. How long you've been doing it? What kind of things do you focus on? How do people uh, how do people listen to it?
1: I've got six episodes uh, so far. The last one came out today, actually, and uh, it's basically split up into half about my career cases that I've had some sort of inside baseball, step-by-step of cases, you know, remarkable stuff that happened in cases and stories that have not been made public. That's half of it. And the other half is just my ranting about things in the news that make me angry, as you uh, accurately described. And you can find the podcast on um, iHeartRadio, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere that podcasts are available, and just put in my name or beyond the legal Limit.
0: Cool. Uh, I am going to be subscribing. I haven't heard it yet, but uh, uh, given the fact that you're unfettered by terrestrial radio restrictions, I yes. can't wait to listen. Uh, very quickly, uh, I want to talk to you about what happened with uh, with Dallas and the synagogue situation, but yesterday was, uh, was Martin Luther King Jr. Day observed. Tell me where you think the country has gone from the uh, leaders of the black community and the civil rights movement in pl- 1968 when Martin Luther King was killed to where we are in uh, 2021, better, worse, same? What do you think?
1: Well, I think it's it's much worse. I mean, Martin Luther King was someone that was looked up to across the spectrum. White people, black people, everybody really looked up to him because he did so much uh, to, uh, I guess, bring the races together. He did so much to get the Civil Rights Act passed, desegregation. He sacrificed so much and ultimately sacrificed his life. Nowadays, I think that the leaders in the black community, I would just give an example, uh, Joe Biden, I think it was today, uh, incredibly, I mean, and I just chalked this up to some massive dementia, um, said that George Floyd's murder meant more Uh, to the world than martin luther king's actions i mean i think that's what he said it's almost hard to imagine but if that's where we're at right now frank where a guy and listen i'm not mincing words this is the truth george floyd was a lifelong criminal and what he added if he if you could say that he added anything to the civil rights movement was the fact that he was murdered there was no intent to do anything for civil rights unlike martin luther king who gave every day of his life until his last breath. He was stabbed. Uh, He was ultimately shot. Uh, This is a guy who did everything, probably the most important and iconic civil rights figure in the history of America. And Joe Biden now is saying that George Floyd is now more significant in the civil rights movement uh, for blacks than Martin Luther King. So that should tell you how far we've fallen in terms of uh, leadership in the community. It is
0: interesting, you know, Trump supporters over the last four years have discovered that occasionally the FBI is guilty of misconduct. Meantime, if you look at the history of Martin Luther King, so much of the time that he was a public persona, he was hounded by the FBI, blackmailed on the orders of people like J. Edgar Hoover, uh, even uh, they tried to get him to kill himself. I mean, this guy was tortured by the FBI. I'm wondering if you can speak to the level of FBI misconduct that we've seen historically uh, from the FBI. That's not not a new thing is it
1: no I mean I've been involved obviously fighting the FBI for 31 years as a defense lawyer uh, most of the agents throughout my career have been a decent hard-working law-abiding uh, people that, that actually cared about America and wanted to make things better did we catch them in misconduct at times of course um, did I destroy them in cross-examinations because of their lives yeah But that was sort of something that happens when you're going toe-to-toe. They think they're doing the right thing for, I suppose, law enforcement, and I think I'm doing the right thing for the Constitution. There's going to be those kind of battles. But what's happened really in the last five years, it's just turned – it's on its head. It's become uh, weaponized politically, the FBI. It's, It's much worse, I think, that it's been perhaps maybe in the days, as you said, of J. Edgar Hoover, where they're trying to blackmail Martin Luther King into killing himself, which is well known now. Now you've got the FBI that is more concerned about parents at a board of education meeting. Uh, they're being, you know, labeled domestic terrorists. That's what the FBI has become. They've become weaponized for the left, and and, and that's what they're more concerned about. But when they've got a uh, terrorist coming over from England to come here and try to get out the Lady Al Qaeda, the FBI is completely oblivious. They're uh, completely unprepared for this. And then when the terrorist gets over here, uh, they're even incapable of of handling, you know, really a third-rate terrorist, uh, getting him out of there. You had to have a rabbi, uh, some rabbi, throw a chair at the terrorist and and, and help everybody escape. The FBI couldn't handle that? They're completely incompetent. Uh, So, you know, I think that, yes, the FBI is not what it used to be. And it's become simply a weapon of the left. And you know, look. Uh, and part of this is, is Donald Trump's fault. I mean, he's the one that let Chris Ray. Uh, he he brought Chris Ray in. Chris Ray is the one, if you recall, Frank, who said that Antifa is not a group; it's just an ideology. I mean, he was the one that knew about Hunter Biden's laptop, knew all about it, and allowed Joe Biden to say while he was running for president that it was a Russian hoax. I mean, this is the kind of stuff. These people are politicized. So the FBI, as far as I'm concerned, and I, I've seen this said um, by some conservative pundits. And I, I and I, you know, I'm not the most far right guy at all. I mean, I'm not a Trump fan at all. Uh, but it, you really have to take this organization apart and build it up from the ground up because it's completely rotten to the core at this point. <laughs>
0: Um, let's talk about this situation in Dallas. If people just you, know, we're talking with Jeffrey Lickman, criminal defense attorney, and now the host of the Beyond the Legal Limit podcast, which is available everywhere podcasts are available. Just search Beyond the Legal Limit or Jeffrey Lickman. So you had a situation where a man, happened to be Muslim, enters a synagogue on the Sabbath during services, took four hostages, including a rabbi, demanded the release of a convicted Islamic terrorist who tried to kill U.S. service members. And the word apparently from the Department of Justice and or the FBI is that the motive is unclear. Is the motive unclear in your view?
1: Well, I don't know. You know, it's, it's hard to figure out, Frank. I mean, you bring up some... Somewhat compelling points, the fact that during the live stream, because the service was being live streamed on Facebook, um, the terrorist, the Muslim terrorist who was trying to break out of prison, probably the most anti-Semitic terrorist in the history of of American prosecution, who, while she was on trial, asked the judge to have the jury uh, undergo DNA analysis to make sure that they weren't Jews. She wouldn't speak to her lawyers because there were some Jews involved. After she was convicted, she wrote to Obama and said that Jews are the worst people in the world. They stab everybody in the back, and this is why they keep on getting uh, involved in Holocaust. So he, he goes in there and tries to get her out. Again, this, it's tough to figure out a motive. I don't disagree with you. And while he's in the live stream at the beginning, all he's talking about is how horrible Jews are. You know, it's it's hard for me to imagine. That, um, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing. I mean, I thought about it, Frank. I really— tried to struggle with why would a Muslim terrorist who's saying horrible things about Jews go into a synagogue and try to break out an anti-Semitic killer Muslim terrorist? You know, when I really think hard about it, I think it might have something to do with Jews. Um, But, you know, I know that President Biden couldn't figure it out. I know that the FBI couldn't figure it out. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, Because they're not political at all, and they're not trying to uh, uh, safeguard Muslims and the reputation of Muslims, even if they're terrorists trying to kill Jews. You know, they've just got to just do anything they can to help Muslims. And who gives a damn about the Jewish community? Because after all, they're so stupid, they're going to vote for Biden anyway, no matter what he does. So I thought that last night was incredible. And, of course, all of this is sarcasm. It's late, and perhaps nobody is catching my sarcasm. This is dripping. My fangs are dripping with sarcasm when i'm saying this thing of course it was about the jews what else could it possibly be there was no other explanation for this everything was ju, ju, ju out of his mouth and you've got joe biden whose brain is he's scratching his cranium it's, it's it's with a head that's literally filled with dog poop and he's telling america that he's unsure as to what the motive of the muslim terrorist inside the synagogue, screaming about Jewish conspiracies, trying to break out a Muslim terrorist who hated Jews. What in the hell else could it possibly have been but about Jews? But, you know, look, again, this is why American Jews, and listen, I'm I'm speaking to you again. I said this to you in 2008 when I was on WABC radio, and President Obama, who sat in a uh, church in the, in the, the pews and listened to Jeremiah Wright, speak about Jews every weekend, this is what American Jews have to do. If you want to simply walk your, your way into an oven, be my guest. But you continue to vote for the very people who hate your guts, you're going to get what you deserve in the end. And even this rabbi at this temple, Frank, that called Israel an apartheid state, wouldn't let people, wouldn't let any of his congregants uh, carry weapons, even though it wasn't Texas. You know, you got to understand that the, that what we forgot about this terrorist attack was that at the end of november care that wonderful civil rights organization for muslim the council for arab uh, whatever relations,
0: american islamic um, relations yeah
1: there it is something like that um they came out they had an executive director who gave a speech and said that synagogues american synagogues are the enemy uh, to muslims are the enemy just rank and file synagogues this is what the 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 leading Muslim civil rights organization, also, by the way, an unindicted co-conspirator in the biggest Muslim terror case in the history of the country in which every defendant was convicted of every charge. But they're they're the ones that ginned this up and said, they incited, and said that synagogues are places of evil. That's filled with Jews. So where did this terrorist go? He went to a synagogue. And you know who relies on care for, uh, for some advice, Frank? How about Kamala Harris? How about the fact that she's celebrating CARE and says how wonderful they are? I mean, this is a terror organization. They have killers that have worked in CARE, and you've got the vice president of the United States saying that she takes advice from them? They're inciting the Muslim community against Jewish synagogues as late as 45 days ago, and nobody's saying a damn word about it. It's like I'm looking for for Alan Funt to come out from behind (laughs) the wall and say – This is a joke. Of course, uh, of course, you can't have uh, the vice president of the United States consorting with Muslim terrorist organizations. I mean, it's just it's just stunning to me, I guess, because it's Jews. Nobody really cares because they think the average person thinks, well, they're Jews. They'll figure it out. They're so smart. They work so hard. They've got all that money and all that power. But my God, can you imagine if the vice president, a white vice president, was consorting with the KKK and then happily taking pictures? Uh, with the, you know KKK members it's no different with Kamala Harris and 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 Kerr it's no different at all
0: uh, it's certainly going to be very very interesting to see uh what uh, what we what happens differently now we have seen an uptick in security at synagogues around the country you think that'll be short lived or something that's here indefinitely
1: i mean look you know it's sad that it has to come to this of course you know these these leftist jew rabbis can no longer say that they're anti-gun unless they want to get killed. I mean, when I heard that this rabbi was anti-gun, wouldn't let his congregants uh, carry, and also was anti-Israel, i got to tell you, I'm not saying that I
0: wasn't rooting for the terrorists. Oh, please, point. get I mean, out of here. I mean, I'm being honest with you. Get out of here. I'm that, no, that, no, you're not. Serious. No, you're mm-hmm. not. No, you're not. All right. Uh, so I'm serious. Uh, now, you are an expert in crime, namely... Uh, helping people who have committed crimes escape lengthy prison sentences. There has been a tremendous uptick uh, in crime in New York City, particularly on the subway. We saw uh, this 19 uh, year old woman murdered on the subway. We saw a guy stabbed in the buttocks over the weekend. Anecdotally, a lot of friends of mine tell me they're accosted on the subway on a regular basis. The solution from the Manhattan DA is we're not going to prosecute fare evasion. Mayor Eric Adams said over the weekend that, uh, at least in part, there's an issue of the perception about crime. You have the reality of crime and then the perception of crime. Give me your take on where we are with uh, with street crime in general and subway crime specifically.
1: I mean, of course it's going to keep getting worse because uh, New York City keeps on electing leftist piles of, of, of crap. I mean, you've got uh, Alvin Bragg who's basically saying, he said, this is a fact, that if you are an armed felon and you walk into, let's say, uh, uh, Dwayne Reed with a knife, and you brandish the knife, and you say, I'm going to kill you if you don't give me the money. That is now a misdemeanor, as long as you don't do anything with that knife to try to hurt someone. If you're just holding it, that is now a misdemeanor, even though you are a felon. That's how sick. That's how sick. We have gotten to a point that it's almost parody uh, of the insanity that's happening. And you got Eric Adams. Now, look. People wanted Eric Adams in the city because they felt that he was the least leftist of the Democratic candidates. I mean, listen, at some point soon, I've known this because I've followed his career for a pretty long time. People are going to realize that he's no different than the rest of them. He's completely full of it. Just because he talks tough and he has the swagger and he's got you know teeth, he looks like that, uh, one of the banana splits. Remember the one that show from the late 60s, Frank, the one, I think it was Bingo with the giant teeth. I mean, all you see is teeth from Eric Adams, and he's talking, he's swagging, he's this and that. And meanwhile, he goes to the Nick game today, doesn't have a mask on, doesn't have a mask on at all. So what that he's vaccinated? You know what? How come all the kids that are in high school and junior high school are, are all vaccinated? They've got to wear masks all day, even though the chances of them getting very sick from COVID is a fraction compared to an adult like Eric Adams. But he can't be bothered because he's above the law. He doesn't have a mascot. He's on national television today. I mean, it was disgusting. You're going to find that Eric Adams is no different than Alvin Bragg. It's the same old New York City garbage. And listen, you get what you deserve in life. You keep on electing this slop, and that's what it is. You're going to have this city. going to continue to go down the drain. And look, it has to happen. You know, we try to think that, well, You know, maybe we'll get a better guy and he's going to make things better. Listen, you elected Alvin Bragg. Everybody knew what he was going into this. They elected him. So now enjoy your time with Alvin Bragg. Enjoy watching your property values go down if you live here, because nobody with half a brain in their head is going to want to live in a place where they have to uh, take their life in their own hands every time they walk down the street out of their apartment. And eventually the place is going to get to a point where it's going to be the way it was in the 70s, Frank, as you know. And eventually, they're going to have to elect somebody who's going to clean this toilet bowl up. But I actually think we have a little further to go. I don't know how much further because I think New York right now is pretty bad. I mean, we've already decimated the city um, with all the draconian laws to close everything because of COVID. Meanwhile, you know, do you know anybody who's gotten COVID recently, Frank, that's gotten really, really sick who's been vaccinated?
0: Thankfully, no, I not. Thankf- thankfully, I, I haven't. It seems like a, 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 either a mild cold or a bad cold for most people that they're over yeah. within a few days. Uh, and uh, look, you're seeing what's happening in San Francisco, where you have sort of the worst of all worlds where crime's out of control, homelessness is out of control, but uh, the cost of living is still out of control. Nobody can afford to live there. It's sort of like a, a Dickensian tale of two cities. And a lot of people are predicting that could be a, a, a window into New York City. Future. Finally, Jeff, I have to ask you. You have one of the most impressive baseball card collections. Probably, probably the most important baseball card collection of anybody that I've ever met. One of the most impressive. It was an interesting story of a guy, a financial consultant in his fifties, who's now suing his mother, because she's refusing to give him her uh, the baseball cards that she purchased for him. In the 80s, he's filed a case in Manhattan Supreme Court. And uh, this is pretty uh, a pretty wild case. Have you ever seen anything like this? I know you follow the baseball card community pretty closely. What's your take on this case? I actually
1: read about that in the newspaper, and I laughed my ass off, frankly, because the cards that apparently he gave to his mother or his mother took from him were just garbage. I don't think they were even worth 25000 Uh, I think the best card was a satchel page card. Big deal. These cards were meaningless. Uh, The guy's clearly pathetic, and what he probably should do is get a job uh, because the cards were not significant enough. But now, listen, cards are nuts. I uh, received a call today uh, regarding a very high-profile, soon going to be a very high-profile litigation about uh, collectibles. These are actually Pokemon cards that are worth millions of dollars. The numbers are completely insane with regard to baseball cards, I've got cards that I've paid uh, you know a thousand dollars for that are now worth three hundred thousand. I mean, it's it's almost impossible. And listen, I've also sold cards for twenty five thousand that are worth now four hundred thousand. The numbers are crazy. Um, it's hard to get an education; it takes a long time, but you can figure it out. But this is a better asset in terms of appreciation than uh, the S and P five hundred oh. over the last thirty years.
0: So people are getting into it. It's certainly uh, fascinating to see the explosion in interest from uh, people that were not even baseball fans in some cases, but looking at it as just an investment vehicle. Jeff, it is always a treat to talk with you. Thank you, my friend. I'll look forward to chatting again soon.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Frank.
0: Be Be sure to check out the Beyond the Legal Limit podcast. And if you have murdered someone, be sure to keep Jeffrey's number handy because as long as you have enough money to pay his retainer, He's somebody that will well, at least get you the best defense possible. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Love to hear your calls next. 800-848-WABC. It's 800 848 Straight ahead.